This episode is brought to you in part by Wholehearted Love, a new book by Caleb and Stephanie Rouse. Overcome the barriers that hold you back in your relationships with God and with others and delight in feeling safe, seen, and loved with Wholehearted Love. For more information, go to Tyndale.com. Welcome to Day 13 of 21 Days of Gratitude here on Grace Enough Podcast. I am your host, Amber Cullum, and today I sit down with Kara Gwynn to discuss her personal gratitude practice, the practice she introduced to her seventh grade classroom, and the impact gratitude practice has had on her family during the last year as they have endured trauma. Kara Gwen, welcome to the Grace Enough Podcast. Thanks. Thanks so much for having me and for asking me to be on. Well, I'm excited. I want people listening to know that Kara is a teacher at my kids' school. She also is the cross-country coach, and she has, well, she has kids that are also close to my kids' age, so she's also a fellow parent. But the reason why I wanted to have this brief conversation with Kara is because she started a gratitude practice with uh, my son's class last year that really impacted him. And so we'll talk about that a little bit. But first, what I want to hear, Kara, is when did you really start getting serious about practicing gratitude? I met this amazing lady about five years ago. Her name is Jen Jenkins. She just recently got married, um, but more commonly known, she's known as Jungle Jen. She was a missionary to the Amazon, and she really taught me the importance of intentional gratitude, not just being thankful for the same things every day Mm -hmm. that all of us are thankful for our friends, our family, our house, our food, but being um, super observant about all Mm -hmm. of the things around us that you don't usually think about. And so she started this practice that she would um, start. She started the day writing in her in her journal, five things that she was thankful for, Mm -hmm. which seems easy enough. Right. It's how most of us start. I think five things. So, but her rule was she could never repeat anything, which makes it a whole lot harder (laughs) and more fun. And so I was like, oh, that's amazing. And so about five years ago, I started every morning in my quiet time, writing in my journal, five things from the day before or just around me, things that had happened that I was thankful for. I didn't want to talk about not being able, because I remember when you first said, I don't write anything twice. I was like, you gotta be kidding me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, no way. Cause I don't necessarily, I mean, I feel like I am pretty observant in that and I don't always write the same things, but then Bennett said, well, she told us what she means by not the same things. And so, for example, if you were talking about one of your kids, I'm sure you've been thankful for them more than once, but how do you make it to where you're not saying the same thing over and over again? Like I said, it's just being observant. So instead of saying, I'm thankful for Brayden, like mm-hmm. I'll say, I'm thankful for Brayden's freckles, or mm-hmm. I'm thankful for how Brayden started a Bible study at school. Mm-hmm. I'm thankful for the hug Brayden gave me this morning. Um, I'm thankful that Brayden brought me my coffee in my chair. And so there's 10 bazillion things I could think of about my son that I love. And so it just causes me to look in deeper um, and be more intentional. 
Yeah. And don't you think doing that too, like as you start it, you almost, they just grab your attention so much more than they did before. Right. Yes, exactly. And so it's funny because one of my students, when they were going through this uh, gratitude practice, they just started writing things in their science textbook. And I was like, (laughs) okay, this does not count. Are you really thankful for these things? And they're like, yes. And they told me, what every definition of these words meant and why they were thankful for them. And they just kept going, you know, like what would life be without the nucleus of a cell? (laughs) Like we would all be floating (laughs) around. And so it is like, you can just pick a category, you know, movies, and you can just think of all of these movies that have touched your life and you can just Mm -hmm. go and go and go. So yeah, it is easier once you start to continue, you know, to snowball in a good way. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's almost like you go around really searching for stuff and not in a fake kind of, I need to, you know, get a perfect score kind of way, but just like, whoa, look at, you know, all the different colors in the sky today. And then you start naming them and that kind of thing, Um, which I don't know if you're like that normally. I mean, you seem like you've always been a half, I mean, a glass half full kind of girl. Is that true? Um, Naturally. Yeah. I feel like I wish I (laughs) I wish I was. Uh-huh. I've that way too. <laughs> well, <laughs> I am not. But uh-huh. um, I think like when I when I started really intentionally practicing gratitude, my eyes, the way they were just open to so many things around me that really were, it was just like God's generous offering to us every single day that we just take for granted. Right. Like I remember one time one of my students wrote, they were thankful for their opposable thumbs and nobody's like, I've never thought about that before. Uh, right. So I'm like, that's such a good point. And so for the rest of the class, like nobody's allowed to use their thumbs oh. when they're, <laughs> or they're doing anything else. And by the end of the class, they're like, yes, opposable thumbs are something to be super grateful for. Um, but I had heard in one of your other podcasts, just about how we rewire our brain mm-hmm. and we're thankful. And, and like you said, once you start, down that route and you create that brain pathway, it's so much easier. And instead of what we all naturally do is look around us and find all of the things that are wrong because Mm -hmm. we want to fix them. It's more easy to look around and see all the things that are good and beautiful and right and true. Wherever our affections are, like where we focus most of our attention is just what we gravitate towards naturally. Mm -hmm. Right. And I mean, the world's just bombarding us and life is bombarding us with reasons to not be content. Right. I mean, Mm -hmm. and so if we practice like, but wait a minute, there's a lot of things that are awesome and wonderful. And like you said, good, right. And true. We gravitate more towards that because that's what we've practiced. Right. So tell me this, what does your daily practice look like now? Cause you've been doing this for five years. Mm -hmm. And so you still wake up every single morning and write, or does it look a little bit different now? Um, so I do the same thing. I actually do it twice a day now um, because I do it in the morning by myself with the Lord. And then I do it in the afternoon when my students do it. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I teach a learning skills class, which you're supposed to teach them like note-taking skills and critical thinking skills. But I'm like, well, why not teach them how to learn the Bible for themselves? That's the most important skill and how to learn how to have a quiet time. And so that's yeah. when we we call it an it's journal, an intentional thankfulness journal. And so I do it with them. And every morning, as soon as we get into the car with the kids, I always say, all right, I'm back in the driveway. 
what's everybody thankful for this morning? So that's how we start our day. Do any of your kids go, oh, I don't want to do this. No, I think they're pretty. I mean, sometimes they're a little bit more tired than others, especially now with there's basketball practice at 6 a.m. So, True story. Um, yes. But I think they're most of the time pretty excited about it. It's yeah. just, you know, turned into a, the culture of our family. Um, and recently, you know, our family has been through some trauma and it's been super helpful. Just the the practices that mm-hmm. we have implemented in the past five years has been super helpful in seeing the good and the true and the beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of carried us through the trauma together. Yeah, because again, with trauma, when you have these certain things in place, the, mo- the more you can stick to a routine that's healthy. I mean, at least what I've heard is the better and the more well-sustained people are as they walk through that trauma. Do you feel like you've experienced that? Oh, yeah. Um, and two, with trauma, your brain just wants to focus on the horrible things. Mm-hmm. But when, you know, uh, I love what Lisa Turker says in her book that every season, no, there's no season that is complete joy mm-hmm. or complete sorrow. That's right. They're woven together. Mm-hmm. So because we've already trained our brain to do this, we are intentionally mm. trying to find the joy. Mm. And so that's kind of, you know, just lifted our souls and our spirits. Like there's daily manna. We can focus on the uh. bad. And the things we miss every day, or we can focus on the manna from today. And mm, he beautiful. brings it every single day, you know, mm. and the kids are even like, God brought us manna today, or what's the manna today? And so oh they've, my gosh. they've come to just expect it. And it's, and I heard you say this in one of your other podcasts, not that you stuff down. Yeah. Or stick heart. your head in the sand. That's not right. the purpose. No, but it's what you fix your thoughts on. Mm-hmm. So there is a place of, of for processing the hard, mm-hmm. but really fixing our thoughts on the manna and the blessings and the joy. I like that image for people who understand like, you know, God provided enough manna for them for that day. Yes. And so, you know, our God is not a God of scarcity. He is a God of abundance. Yet sometimes the provision really is just what you need for the day. And so often we want, you know, to store everything up and like Mm -hmm. (laughs) pack it along with us because we don't trust sometimes that God will provide again. And so I think gratitude does help you focus on, okay, he provided what I needed for today. That's right. Yeah. So tell me this with the gratitude practice with the kids, what were some, cause the first year, your first year doing it with them was last year. Is that correct? Right. With your students. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause you had just started teaching middle school. You went from right. first grade to uh, middle school when you first introduced what they were going to be doing and that they couldn't repeat anything for the whole semester. What were some responses? Do you remember? Oh, yeah. I remember. Like, yes. <laughs> what? That's ridiculous. We can't do that. And then I took it to the next level and I told them, I said, for every, uh, for this quarter, for every 100 things that you are thankful for above and beyond your journal, I will give you 10 extra credit points on a test. And if you do a list of a thousand things, then you can get a 100 test grade or in a pizza party or something like that. And they're like, that's the craziest thing I have ever heard. And I had so many students do it. 
And it wasn't, I mean, there was one student, like I said, who did the textbook thing, but she could pat back up why she was thankful for all of the science textbook things. But, you know, they just, they categorized it. Yeah. So um, family members, they were thankful for things about their family members. They were thankful for food. They were thankful for um, things in their house. They were thankful for, you know, you could just go on and on and on. Even parts of our body, like you aren't thankful for your big toe until you, you don't have it. Toe, yeah. <laughs> you know, or you aren't thankful that there's no pain in your kidneys until you have a kidney stone. So there's just the healthy parts of our body that you take for granted. Mm. Um, yeah. So it, it was amazing how many, how many kids actually did the a thousand things they were grateful for. Well, this is something that I remember at first. I remember Bennett saying no way. And then he said, but then Miss Gwen, you know, told us all a little bit more about what she meant. And that was like, be specific. Think about, you know, not just the person, but like you said earlier, their freckles or their smile or the hug they gave you today. And so then he was like, I think I can do this. So then we were in Vermont on vacation this summer. I don't think I've ever told you this. Mm -hmm. And we were all grumbling about something because we were just getting ready to start on this hike. And it just one thing after another, somebody was like, rah, 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 you know, and then somebody else, rah, rah, rah. And then I'm sure I was, rah, rah, rah. Mm -hmm. and uh, Bennett turns around and goes, you know, if Miss Gwen was here, <laughs> she would say, tell me five things you're thankful for. Uh -huh. And I said she would. So let's do it. And so, uh -huh. you know, then we all went around and did our thankfuls and everything calmed down. And so um, I thank you from the bottom of my heart for the impact you've had on my son, mm -hmm. because God. he still talks about you and you know my favorite teacher. And so um, I appreciate you for that. Yes. And so tell me this as we close out, because that's one of the impacts that you've had that I see that lives in my house, right? But what do you think has been the impact on maybe other students or yourself? I mean, you've told us a little bit of the impact on your family, but maybe just expound on that a little bit as we close out. Like I said, in my own personal life, the five years of training my brain to be thankful has probably saved my life through this mm -hmm. traumatic season. Um, it's given my kids hope through this traumatic season. And like, I, I had never heard that story about Bennett that you just shared. And so, but that's not me. Like, that's what the, the Bible tells us to do. You know, when people are wondering what God's will is for their life, well, his will is, you know, you rejoice always, you pray continually and you give thanks in all circumstances. Mm. And so when you don't know what else to do, do what the Bible says. This is God's will. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I hope that this is a tool that they might've thought was tedious and a chore in seventh grade, but that one day in, when they're 30 years old and life yeah. gets hard, that they will remember um, mm -hmm. so I, I hope we just, well, so I'm the cross country coach and I remember, um, our first year of cross country, me and my kids went through the woods with axes and rakes and we blazed a trail through the woods for the cross country trail around our school, around our school. And it was hard and it was tedious, but it, in the end, like we had, now we have races on this trail and the path mm -hmm. is very smooth and so yeah, the seventh grade year, it's just the kids getting out the rakes and 
you know, axes and cutting down the trees from the typical middle schoolers. Everything's horrible. I hate school. I hate my parents, you know, and just start blazing this trail that in a few years and into adulthood will just be this, you know, flat, easy beaten path that they can walk out God's will for their life. Oh, I love that. That's a perfect place um, to end. Well, Kara, again, thank you. And also just, I thank you for when I walk in the doors of CLA, that you're just a bright face or that you've said things to my kid like, you know what? The reason why we do analytical grammar is because sometimes in life, we just have to do hard things. That's right. (laughs) Yes. We are training our brain. Who cares about grammar? We're training our brain to do things we don't want to that are hard. Oh, well, thank you, friend, for being here today. Yes. Thanks for asking me. This was a blessing. So what manna has God provided for you today? Kara is a witness to the transformative power of intentional gratitude practice. I'll meet you back here tomorrow for our third and final interview with my friend Jennifer Sakata. This episode is brought to you in part by the Beyond Ordinary Women Ministries podcast. Do you want to grow in your influence? Bow's episodes feature tips for leaders of any kind, from mentoring one woman to leading a ministry. Browse Bow's podcast at beyondordinarywomen.org.